everyone, thank you for tuning in once again to another episode of the Iconist Podcast, and very exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. Like usual, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D from Deep Dark Delicious. You know the joke, it doesn't get old after over 100 episodes. Hey, aka Barry Carter. Mm. And as I said, if you want to see what I'm doing or what I'm doing or where I'm going to be, you can always check the links down below or just simply hit barry3d.com that has all the links for this show everything else i'm doing live i'm doing stand-up comedy all over the place that's the best way to find me can't miss it check my links all that good stuff there you go here we go we're, we're, we're into that world and a uh, couple of things one i never do this show alone i'm always accompanied by the master of sound you know mayhem of the booty booty beats dropping i i i don't even know you know he's got that r&b going on he's got that house music going on he's got the old school going on he's got it he's got the calypso the reggae what big up crop over yeah. fly him out fly him out bring him back to bim that's right bring him back to bim for crop over let him let him do a party there we go you know uh and he can tell you more what he's always doing but that's my man myth legend father innovator mm. Cousin, best friend, the one and only DJ Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. Listen, as he said, this the words just don't get tiresome after a hundred episodes. We're just we're just smoothing it in. By this time, it's just smoothing in. Welcome to the Iconist podcast. The icon is no, 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 no. We were talking about the sleepwalker last time. And we got some. Oh, no, no, I can't. I can't. Mm, Not mm, yet. Mm, you know how mm. it goes. You know how it goes. That's First, right. we still got a couple of stuff to do. All right, yeah. what do we got to do? What do we? Round do? table time. Round table time. And we're gonna make this quick. Here we go. So uh, we'll see if I'm gonna do it quick. First of all, support the books, support the books, support the books. So that means if you want to support the books, you got to go and buy the books. Where do you get the books? If you're out here in Ontario, do the drive out to Kitchener, head over to Wow Comics, uh, check out Wes and the boys over at Wow Comics, tell them we said hi. If you're out in Montreal, head down to the South Shore, go to Check Swings, and tell Trevor and the rest of the group that uh, the, the Iconist podcast guy say hi. All right? So that's main first and foremost. Also, I'm also doing comedy with my boys there, Zolf Ali and Dave Sakalowski. We are a touch of gray matter, and we are uh, on tour going around performing all over individually and as a group. And usually what we do as a group, Dave does his fundraisers, and that's uh, the Widow Sons. He's always doing fundraisers for the homeless, food shelters, any kind of thing like that. We, You, you laugh, give back, everyone feels good. Sweet. Um I, I, I don't. And then you've got to look for the link down below for her magazine that comes out every month. That's uh, Brandy Ford, the writer and the wit. Please uh, like subscribe on her, uh, you know, venture and do that there and follow her. You'll see her uh, on stage with us at times, too. OK, I think we've got most of that covered. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Rod, where can they find you before we move on? I know we got one more, but where can we find you before we, where can they find you? You can always, you can find me on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. So M-R-R-O-D-C. Or you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Listen, as Barry said, you know, I have fun. I like, you know, bringing the vibe to the people, bring them all that wonderful jazz and stuff, you know, giving some good. Good opportunity to shake their foot, swing their foot, swing their knees, swing their back, swing their swing their arms. Do what you gotta do. To release the tension and have some fun and get you through the end of the week. Listen, I am always doing a whole bunch of different genres: hip hop, R and B, soca, reggae, house, Afro beats. Listen, 
whatever the spirit moves me or depending on what show I'm doing at the time. Listen, you will not be disappointed. No, you will not. Come on down. Come on down. Let me know that you saw me. You heard us from the the Iconist uh, Iconist podcast. Do a little shout out. People are here. Yes, just come on through. And that's about it. You find me there. You find me there. That's right. And last, but far from least. Far from least. Far from least. The man that makes us look so pretty. If you want to do what we do, right? First of all, we have our stuff over at podbean.com. So if you want to do a podcast, you can head over to podbean.com, set up your own podcast. It's open to any type of topic, and it makes it so easy to share on all other streaming services. So check Mm -hmm. out podbean.com. That's where this show originates from, and regardless of where you listen to, that's the center. And the man that you you want to do this and you need hmm. uh, a logo, templates, signs, um, merch, anything designed along that way that you want to turn around and brand yourself, regardless if you're an online business or a brick and mortar uh, location, reach out to the one and only J Bird Digital Arts. Arts, 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 Arts. J Bird Digital Arts. That's Jason Reese. If you tell, tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, he'll give what? you a Discount. Let me give some money back to you, people. Let me give you some <clears> money back. That's literally what a discount is. Giving you back the money. That's right. You just, told, you just mentioned us. He'll hook you up. Thank you, yeah. Jay, for always being there. Now, that brings us to the topic of tonight. You see the name, you're going, huh? And maybe you see the name, you're going, oh! And oh. we're going to break down our version of what that's going to mean to us. So tonight, mm-hmm. on the Iconist podcast, the icon is... Machine man. Machine man. He's a man. That's a machine. He's a machine. Well, that was straightforward. That's that was it. straightforward. Everyone, have yourself a great night. Thank you for passing through. It was straightforward, right? Nah, <laughs> we'll tell you some more stuff. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's like, he's a man. He's a machine. Okay, we know. Okay, we know everything. See you later. No, no. Oh, you got to hear, you gotta hear <laughs> us talk. We got to do a round oh. table. We got to turn around and have our discussions. We got to say how we want to adapt it uh, and up. what's going to go on, how we're going to adapt it, the vision, what you should be reading, what you should be checking out, and the, and the, and the history. How? Mm-hmm. Right now. <laughs> so, yeah. right now. Here we go. So, Machine Man is a Marvel character that was made back, way back. And, and his first appearance was not in his own magazine. Mm-hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Thing to make I you go. Hmm. Sometimes you got a character and it's new and he's made and, and he starts off in his brand new in his own uh, mag, as they would call it. And then sometimes they start off in another publication and then they get brought over, right? Case in point, if you look at the original Star Lord, that was you know uh, Marvel Presents and it was a black and white book and his character and how he and aesthetic was totally different than what we got on the big screen with the MCU. Same thing with this one. So let's go way back. If you've liked the movie. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick and you watched that movie got into it I know it's got a, a, a huge fan base it's got a cult fan base a lot of people watch it people love it great that's the origin of Machine mm. Man mm. because at the time Marvel used to turn around and do a lot of licenses for movies and other properties right so at this point Marvel had the license for Transformers Star Wars The Man from Atlantis Logan's Run Godzilla, and it goes on and on. And they had, like, you know, 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Frankenstein, Werewolf. They had the whole monster uh, universe, the dark universe that they tried to do. Like, most recently, Marvel had the license for all of these things. 
And they had the license for a 2001 Space Odyssey based off the movie. They yep. turned around and it, that that book ran for a couple of issues. Usually sometimes they don't run long, but it ran a couple of issues. But the key issue that you need to read, so put it on your checklist, the first issue you want to read if you want to talk about Machine Man is 2001 Space Odyssey issue number eight. 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 Right? Issue number eight. And that came out in July of 1977 and that was the first appearance of machine man now what does machine man have to do with the space odyssey well machine man was created by the one and only jack the king kirby you can't say jack kirby you got to put the king in it. it's like an acronym it's like a tribe called quest and if anyone caught that reference you watch boondocks good on you <laughs> nice that's right. That's right. You got to say the whole acronym then. That's a Cat Williams boondocks episode. Yeah. Okay. So Jack Jack the King Kirby created Machine Man, who made his first appearance in a machine. And, you know, and Jack Kirby is like a writer and the artist. And as I said, 2001 Space Odyssey by Marvel Comics back in 1977 in July. Mm -hmm. The tying factor is in the movie, at the very end, you know, you get the black monolith. And everyone's like, oh, Right. The black monolith shows up. So Machine Man gets created by um uh is it uh Abel Stark? Am I, it, I got my name right? I try you know, Rod Rod's gonna fact check me in a minute and I'm gonna keep on moving. Uh uh because see I right, I, I'm talking his creator. Yes, yeah, sometimes we have our notes and you know this is this is what happens when you you know, we'll keep on going, but yeah, uh yeah, it's Abel, Abel Stark. Yep. So Abel Stark was the scientist that made Machine Man. Now, he just didn't make Machine Man. He made other ones before, but we're focusing on Machine Man. That's his origin. And in there, the Black Monolith does make an appearance in the comic book to Machine Man, and it does signify that every time this monolith shows up, it's always signifying the evolution of man. Like, we're just about to go through another evolutionary stage. And it only shows up to certain individuals, certain people at certain times. So it's, you know, one time they showed up, it's like, oh, it's it's being the, the sign for the new star child, so to speak. That, you know, that was another evolution step with um, man. It showed up with the Celestials. Yes, those Celestials from the Eternals movie, which we know because of Jack the King Kirby, the Eternals run from Marvel Comics from way back. Okay, so that same monolith shows up for the Celestials, and, and that's how it ties in this whole world with machine man so i mentioned celestials put a pin in that we'll get back to it so when machine man now goes and he goes through his adventures so he gets made and at first there was another robot and each robot was made so what happened is abel stark made this microchip that was a high processor that was able to do high computations okay. analytics and at first he tried it in just a machine but he was sponsored by the 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 u.s government army and they're like oh try it on this machine try it on that machine they go well we want to take your work because we own it and we want to take that and put that in a humanoid body maybe make something like a super soldier or you, you know and use see what kind of military applications that can have so they made these robot bodies they put that processor in and the first couple of them didn't work out well didn't work out well the most notable one was uh it was like uh, X-23. Now, I'm using the short acronym for these robots because they have a long, uh, let's say, our androids, I would say. That's all they referred to. 
they have a long serial number, but they would always went with the X. So X23 was one that was made and he went, he went a little bit crazy and he started attacking people as soon as he came to life. Mm-hmm. Once he was, the, the robot was switched on and then they, you know, had to shut him down. And then there was X50. And when they made him, they said, oh, we'll try something different. They gave him a human body, uh, uh, you know, anatomy, full out thing. They gave him a fake face. So he had his robot face. They put a, a human looking face over him. And things were going well until he was being chased down. And uh, they, they, you know, the army captured him and they took off his face mask. Ooh. No, sorry. It wasn't the army. My apologies. It was, he, he was. Um, helping out the uh, the X Men. That's it. He Charles. He met Charles Xavier. So Abel Stack brought him over to Charles Xavier. Met the original X Men. So that's um, hold up. Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Angel, and Marvel Girl. And on one of their adventures, his mask gets taken by by these creatures, and he snaps because it almost felt like he he was losing his identity because he lost his face. So he goes. He chases these creatures down. And it wasn't a good moment for that X-51. He, he went a little bit bonkers. Right. So now, yeah, Abel, Abel Stack turned around and he said, okay, we're going to try this one more time. And then he made X-51, which is who we were talking about today. That is Machine Man. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a face. But then they said, instead of leaving him in the lab, Abel says, I'm going to bring him home and raise him like my son. I don't have any kids, but I'm going to treat him like he was my kid and see if that makes a difference. They still give him the mask. He's in a home environment. He he, he feels the love, the respect. And I, you know, I know machines can't feel love, but definitely felt the respect. He, and he started understanding, understanding human nature. All right. So we're moving on. We're moving on. Things are going well. And then, um, you know, the, the army decides, Hey, we got to make some changes. <laughs> The other one freaked out. Uh, we're ending the program. So, yeah. So, you know, at the time, Abel was raising him as a son, as I said. He gave him a name, and he gave him the name Aaron. Aaron Stack. So the, his creator gave him his last name to give him more of a personality. You know, they, they picked up the name Aaron. All right. And he's like, okay. He's like, brought him in. And he goes, we've had a couple of ventures. The army wants to shut down the program. There's a little chip inside your neck that can cause things to blow up, including you. Come here, my son. Give me a hug. Let me. Hey, what's this is the back of your neck? Let me. Let me just take care of that. All right, son. I, I. I got this thing here. I need you to go away. Don't worry about me. I'll be okay. It's time for you to go out in the world and start experiencing the world as your own, as your own man. When you. When you. When you're youth gets to a certain age, you tell your youth to get out the house, because you're done with them freeloading. He wasn't freeloading, I'm just saying, you gotta go. And Y'all gotta get the hell out of here. You can't stay here. You gotta go. You gotta go. Right? And yep. prior to that, you know, he, you know, Machine Man, or Aaron, has, you know, once again, he's got a robot body, he's got a different powers, and then the, the last thing he gave him was the power of the anti-gravity equation, which allows him to fly. That's how they explain it. So Aaron turns around, looks at his dad, says, okay, dad, I'm going. Doesn't tell him why he has to go. He goes, you just have to go. And he flies off. And his father is holding there that little mini bomb and detonating. And all of a sudden, there was an earth-shattering kaboom. 
about to say, we're shattering Kaboom. If you know where that's from, good on you. You're on the right show. (laughs) And, you know, Machine Man is now out there. The army realizes he didn't blow up. There is no earth shattering kaboom. (laughs) Who took my oscillator? (laughs) So he's now man on the run. Run. Man, man on the run. run. Man, well, more like Android on the run, but Android on the run. That's that's exactly what it comes down to. So that's just the first part of his adventure. He mm. still has the encounter with meeting the black monolith. He's been treated differently, so he doesn't have a freak out moment. And now he's in the world right. as best as he would know it being chased down by the military because they look at him as property. I'm a man, not a number. Once again, if you get where that's from, good on you. You've tuned into the right show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that might be old. The two old for most of you out there. uh, So I'll make this one easy on you. You got to look up the show called the prisoner. There we go. (laughs) It was a UK BBC show. The prisoner. I'm a man, not a number. Uh, right. Keep going, keep going. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Waiting. So this keep is on. the whole thing with Aaron Stack. So Aaron's out there. He's running from the army. He's got, uh, uh, I think it's General or Colonel Stag uh, that's after him, chasing him down, wants to get him back and decommission him, pretty much end him, or mm-hmm. dissect him, or repurpose him. Because picture it, send him into the most dangerous things. He's a robot. He's an android in their eyes. You're not use, you're not losing a human life. He's like Astro, <laughs> Astro the robot. You know, you know the do do the safety commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm Astro. I can lose an arm and I can put it back on, but you can't. Please don't play around heavy machinery. Ah, I was I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You said astronaut. I'm like thinking, and then you went, oh my gosh! I'm like, oh my gosh! I remember that. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, mental flashbacks. Astro. (laughs) It shows you where my mind goes at times. Funny, nice. See, that would be the crossover right there. Bring Astro and Machine Man. That should be Machine Man sidekick, Machine Man and Astro, not Astro, but Astro. There we go. That that would be something because, right? Okay, all right. Uh, just going off. That's so. These are some of the just the, the the basic elements that are setting up Machine Man and his whole thing. Now, when he starts going around, he sees um, some people that need some help. He lifts up the car with one hand, changes their tire, gets in there, and he goes by Mister Machine. What's your name? Mr. Machine. Mr. Machine. <laughs> right. Love Rod's got the theme song going for Mr. Machine. Miss T. Yeah, Mr. Machine. Dancing, dancing, dancing. I'm a dance machine. That one's for you, Kevin. All right. Nice. Oh my gosh. So 
So he went by Mr. Machine, but then later on he changed the name to Machine Man. You know, it's Marvel. (laughs) Spider-Man, you know, Machine Man. Everyone had man in their name. It was either man or woman, you know. Uh, You know, there was only a few of them that didn't have it, but most of the heroes had man in their name at some point. Listen, it made it easy for them. They always, you know, you just have to change the first couple of letters in between. The last three is always the same. So they could just stamp it. You know, just save on ink. Something, something. Man. Stamp. Man. Wonder Man. <laughs> man. Wonder. Man. <laughs> Fantastic. Man. Uh, hey, we just save we just save money. That's how X that's how we Man. <laughs> and before you say X Men, Barry, no 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 no. Know your history. There was an X Man. Right. And that was that was a offshoot of cable from a different dimension, younger without the uh the, the virus inside of them. X Man. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women out there say they have an X Man. On this day and age, everyone's open. There's men out there would have an X Man too. So that's okay. I ain't judging. Everybody love you. Okay, here we go. So these are what it is right now. And that's what he uh, sorry, that's what he's going through. So his his original run. As I said, his first appearance was said was 1977. His comic book, uh, Machine Man, took place in 1978, and that only ran for 19 issues. Now, the first couple of issues were done by Jack the King Kirby, and then later on, they were done by Steve Detko, that was doing the art. If I hmm. remember some of that right, uh, yep, when no, I was right. Woo! Look at that. The gray matter is working hard today. You can see the smoke. <laughs> I'm still hmm. raised on Astro. Hi, I'm Astro. Uh, so this is where it comes down to that it's it's almost he's looking for his humanity. He's trying to find his spot to fit in. And the first, I would say maybe 10 issues or so, he's trying to fit in. He's running from the army. He's saving people at the same time. It's almost like the Hulk, pr- pretty much. Hundreds, Thunderbolt hundreds. Ross is chasing him down. got to stop him. That Bruce Banner, uh, the Hulk, the Hulk is a menace. Pretty much, even though yeah. just like the Hulk. Machine Man does save his, you know, uh, pursuers numerous amount of times. Right. He he adopted identity. He went by literally Aaron Stack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, he looks human, except for he's got these red eyes. No irises, just these red eyes, you know, with a little bit of yellow in them. But they're bigger. So he just put on sunglasses. I wear my sunglasses at night, day, morning, noon, afternoon, all the time. Cause yeah, we had to do the remix because Machine Man don't take those glasses off unless he's in Machine Man mode. But as an Aaron Stark, Stark, yeah, Aaron Stable, yeah, he he wear them glasses all the all time. Got it. Yeah, yeah, because people want to understand that. And he goes and he gets the job as what? An accountant. So later on, when Steve Ditko was doing the series, they gave Machine Man, he went by Aaron Stark, and he went by, you know, as Aaron Stark, he got a job, and purple's his colors. His whole outfit is purple, but he would put on, like, a purple suit, white shirt, purple tie, you know, matching hat, and sunglasses, mm-hmm. and go and work at an accounting firm. Oh. At night, he fights crime, but by day, hmm. he balances the books. <laughs> Now I'm keeping this company afloat. This is hard work. I'm telling you. 
It's hard work. It is. It, and, it, and I see now my, 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 my ignorant self in the old days would have been cracking jokes about all this. But now as a grown man, that's a good job. That's a good job. Especially if you use yeah. a machine Listen, that can do no, calculations. About to say, everybody needs a good account. Needs someone who can run those numbers very well. Listen, that's a secure job. That's guaranteed. I wish I had told my kid that a little better earlier. Listen, you need to get those numbers up. Why? You need to become an accountant. Right? You need to do something with money. Do something with numbers. Do right. something with numbers to get that money. Uh, I, I would crack jokes about an accountant, but now as a grown man that pays taxes and, and has to do all that, I need a good accountant. And how many times you watch Hollywood uh, celebrities, celebrities, stars, getting ripped off by their accountants because they don't have good accountants. Now, Aaron wouldn't rip anybody off. He's a robot. He don't need money to buy jewels. He don't even eat. He mm. just wants to be plugged in. Okay, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, wow, accountant. I watched the movie The Accountant with Ben Affleck. That's the kind of accountant I need, okay, mm. where he's going to tell me how to save money, how to get the maximum tax return, and by some fluke, if someone breaks into my house and he's there, I am safe. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for a machine man. He goes to work. He works in an accounting firm. You know how fast it would be if machine man was doing my taxes? I'd walk in. You know, you go to H&R Block. You sit down there, and you got to go through, take a number, do an appointment. You might be there for a couple of hours. They do a great job. You got to be there for maybe a couple of hours, depending how much you got to go through your taxes, what you're kind of claiming, if you got your businesses, whatever. With Aaron Stark, you can walk in there and be out in five minutes. Hey, man, here's my numbers. Boop, 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 boop. Do you know if you put this here, put that here, put this here, sign here? Okay, you can get the maximum of your tax return. Woo-hoo! You pull your Homer Simpson, you walk outside, you get your hot dog, and call it a day. That's your celebration right there. I need Aaron Stark, uh, Aaron Stark as my accountant, or at least Ben Affleck. I, I can go with either one of them. All right, okay, moving. Um, so that's his day job. You know, we've had reporters, we've had news columnists, TV, you know, uh, TV reporters, business owners, um, students, students, mm-hmm. students, runaways, d- drug users, right? And before you're like, what? There's drug users that have powers? Yeah. You know, and, and not because, all right, yeah, cloak and dagger. Read it, mm-hmm. look it up, watch it. Okay, that, mm, okay. So we have every scientist. Right, we've got, every, but never an accountant. We've got lawyers, you know, Daredevil, the man with all fear. But we've never had like, an accountant superhero. Let that machine sink in. Man. Let that sink in. Like this is, I'm telling you, this is great. Like you know, Jack Kirby, that's making the making the common man how you can relate. You too can be a superhero. Five little taxes properly. You too can be a hero. Thank you very much for your services. Yeah, you know who needed those heroes? You know who needed Aaron Stark? You know who needed that? Blade, I mean, sorry, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the other Stark, just in case, you know, when he was during his drunken tirade and stuff like that, he could use someone. But, you know, he's well, still making money, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, it's good that you mentioned that because now the adventures that go on is, I said, because Machine Man, I East, he had a beginning with the um, the Monolith, two thousand and eight. Sorry, two thousand and one. Uh, Space Odyssey, the Monolith, uh, and I believe it felt like the series, the original series, kind of went off track. They didn't know where they wanted to go at times with the character, because mm-hmm. in his original series, he never deals with that black monolith again. 
It just kind of goes off the rails. But he does fight, and a very good point, he does run into the drunk version Tony Stark as Iron Man. Yep. Right? And he he does get into this whole uh, tassel with him. Uh, And then he runs into, of course, the rest of the Marvel Universe in various capacities, be it if he's teamed up with them or fighting against them or a bit of both. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, one one of his most notable fights is against the Incredible Hulk. Yep. And he and he took some licks on that one. <clears throat> he took some licks. Hulk smash. Hulk well, smash. Hulk. But he held his own. And because of who he is and being so here we go. So this is this is the basis of Machine Man. He's got so much history. So he got his basic history. And then just to touch real quick, he's a machine. So he's not gonna age. If everything's working well, he will keep on ticking and going and going and ticking nonstop. And key books to read, but of course, as I said, it's 2008, sorry, 2001 Space Odyssey. You know, read the Jack Kirby and, 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 and Steve Vidicko run on the original series Machine Man. And then the, he goes back and forth. So there's, it, and it's hard to keep track of all the things he did. So, he has his own villains, his own pursuers that are chasing him. And I, I just like the chase aspect. No one really overly stands. Okay. You got a, uh, what is it? Is it, um, you know, Colonel, uh, oh, there we go. Uh, Colonel Craig. There we go. So it's Colonel Craig. So Colonel Craig is chasing him down. And at one point, while he's chasing him down, he gets injured, loses, you know, hurt, damaged part of his face. He loses an eye, wears an eye patch. And, as time goes on, Colonel Craig goes from being his pursuer to being his ally because he realizes Machine Man is not a bad person. Machine Man is just trying to fit in and live a normal life and understand human beings and interaction. And he almost gets a girlfriend. So the, these are all very similar to Vision and so forth. Um, what's notable is during his story arc, so he has a story, then you know he has his real series, original series, he stops. Then he showed up in a couple of issues of the Incredible Hulk where they had to fight. He ends up losing an arm. He goes back. This other scientist that he's helping him out, who goes by the name Gears, turns around, streamlines some of his technology that's in his body because some of it's draining the energy cells too much, yeah. updates a certain thing, updates his vision, makes his eyes a little bit smaller so it's easier, more, to, more easier to conceal. Um, and, and, and then Gears comes back later on. So the main thing is Aaron has his mask that makes him look human. At one point, that face gets you know, distorted. It gets destroyed during a fight, so half of it's melted. And he doesn't really freak out, but he feels that he's lost his identity without that face. So he finds someone to fix that face, to give him back that fake, you know, as I said, a fake, a fake face, right? A mask. And that's what I think what keeps his identity. And I think that was the, the thing with all the ex-robots, is that because they didn't have an identity, they had problems coping. Which is something I think they should have got a little bit more deeper in within the storyline, uh, and and um, and you know, and then as I said, the, the next time that I enjoyed a storyline with Machine Man outside the original series was yes, he's dealt with the Avengers, he's dealt with um, the Celestials, uh, but it's another four issue miniseries that's done by um, Barry Windsor Smith. And it's Machine Man, and it takes place in the future. And you have these guys who are called the uh, the Wreckers, and they have like flying bikes, and they go to a junkyard, and they're always raiding this junkyard. 
Uh, you find out the junkyard is like a Stark International junkyard that they throw away old technology and they find this box. They bring it back to their headquarters and it's all pieces of machine, man. If you remember our, our OMAC episode, they had the, 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 the woman in the box kind of thing. You find out she's an android. You guess I snap all the parts together like Lego. Right. They did the same thing for machine, man. Snap them all together and they're like, oh, you're machine, man. And his memories are kind of foggy. But one of those records comes out and he's an old guy and he looks at him and he's like, oh, Aaron. And he's like, who are you? He's like, you don't remember me? It's Gears. This is now years in the future that Gears is the one person that still remembers him. And he goes through. And in that book, we get the future version of Iron Man, which is his descendant, which is Aaron Stark. Right? Uh, so not Anthony. So Aaron Stark. I don't know. Is Anthony, or Aaron Stark? Um, maybe I'm messing up the name. I'm thinking, uh, hold up. I got to double check that. But I know it's Stark. And he, he, but he's a future Iron Man. And that four-issue miniseries was fire. Arno. Arno, thank you. Ar- Arno Stark. Arno, Arno. Arno Stark. Mm-hmm. Right, Arno, sorry. So many A's in the book. Right. So they bring in Arno Stark, Stark and he's, he's, he's descended to Iron Man, but he's more of a villain at this point than, he, than his predecessor, who was a hero. Um, what do you think about Machine Man, Rod? I know I've been doing a lot of talking here. Oh, no, listen, Machine Man, you're definitely, you're definitely saying points, you know, and, and definitely enlightening everybody with some good, some good backstory and giving some good content. Machine Man is, how do I say, that particular, that, a minute before, not a minute, but a trope, that particular trope has always been there. Having a man, having machine, who has the mind of a man, a machine who wants to be a man, someone who basically uh, trying to be as human as possible, a.k.a. this is the early versions of Data. That's right, Data. This, this is what it is. From so the that next generation, trope, yeah. From the next generation. Uh, but this trope has always been there. So having the ability to have a storyline that you can actually, from his point of view, how to be, how he is an actual android, how he is a machine, but he's actually in the environment, he's in the world of humans, how he's going to interact, how he's going to do, you know, making sure that those around him, he, he was like, you know, like a, like a prime directive in the sense that his, his mission is to help people. This issue, there's an issue, there's an issue where, um, I think it's actually the first or first or second issue starting off of the, the machine man mm-hmm. issue that there, so a, a child is, is falling off a cliff and basically he's extending his arm, making sure that he can grab him and pull him up type of scenario and, and couldn't make it. He had to literally jump over the wall, basically down the cliff to, to, to at least grab himself, then grab the child. Cause he was too far away from his arm. Risking his own life, his own mechanical life for a human. This, this is a nice, that's a nice perspective, you know, a viewpoint of understanding. Like, hey, why would he do that? Because, like Barry said, he has an identity. He has he has a particular uh, way of thinking that he has a face. He has some. He is someone versus his predecessors who are just machines, just themselves. He's actually realizing, no, I, I could be someone, my creator slash father yep. made me in his image in that sense to, and made me feel as though, call me his son. He made me somebody. 
So I have a purpose. Let me go out into this world. My father basically sacrificed himself so that I can escape from the tyranny of the army. It's basically, again, rules is, is thunderbolts after the Hulk. All that is. He's my property. He used our electricity. He's one of us now. Yeah. That's really what it is. It, so. that's, that's clean. And now what I like about Machine Man is it brings in a lot of characters. Right, mm-hmm. so 2001 Space Odyssey, the monolith, which ties into Celestials, which ties into the Eternals, which brings in Iron Man, which brings in uh, Jossica. So yep. Jossica, when she first comes, well, not for first, but when Jossica comes in, she's a main storyline for Machine Man because it almost can see that she can be the robot girlfriend for him. She would understand him best right? and bring it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So she was a key player. At one point, he joins... Um, he gets, you know, recruited in a team where it's the super adaptoid. It's himself. It's the century from the, uh, the, the Kree, um, universe, one of the Kree battle droids that he left on Earth. And this other robot, I can't remember the name of it, but it was made to fight Captain America. And the four of them teamed up and formed a team. But of course, you know, Machine Man joins because he doesn't trust, uh, that Kree century, thinks he has an ulterior motive. Right. That was cool. It was almost like a robot version of the of the Fantastic Four. Nice, yes. And and they just skim on it. And I'm like, ah, oh. you know. And then he he always goes full circle in his role. So I I don't know if writers really knew they had an idea how they wanted to start him, but I think they lost they lost the way. <laughs> you know what? Again, if you look at if you step back and see the amount of characters that he. Was all, was also interacting, like I can see what they're they're probably trying to do, to mm-hmm. give you know give him a sense of you know purpose in a sense in the Marvel universe and everything like like, like that. There's also a part where he connected with um like members of the Alpha Flight. Yes, Alpha Flight. So again, fantastic, Fantastic Four, like um thing from the Fantastic Four. They, you know, definitely want to have those type of guest appearance to bring people to, you know, to read their IP. But they may have just, yeah, tried to saturate it too much and didn't get a chance for 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 the character just to build. You know, he's he's meeting up with Thing from the Fantastic Four. He's interacting with Iron Man, Jessica, as, as Barry said. Why? What's you know, and and just make it seem like okay. He's the wandering, he's the wandering uh, vagrant in that sense, like the Incredible Hulk, that he's mm-hmm. going around. But you can't tell me that he's gone around these people. They know who he is, or that he's out in, he's out in this world. And no one is kind of like, hey, next time you're in the area, you know, hit me back up, kind of scenario. Let's make a, you know, make a return visit. It's just like a one and done. Yeah, it, exactly. It, they they kind of let, they let it, they let it go. Like there should have been opportunity. It's not saying that Machine Man wasn't the common man in that regard, but you know you have an individual who has super abilities and fantastic skills and stuff like that. That should be on someone's radar to at least tell you, hey, something's happening out in the West. Description? Big eyes? Purple outfit? <laughs> Yo, I think that's Machine... Can I be Eminem? Can I be Eminem? Can I be Eminem? Let me go take it out. Let me take it. Out. Read it. P.S. Let me bring my taxes. Yeah, you, you, you know. Exactly. Let me bring my receipts. Let me tell you right now, man. We gotta have these conversations. So yeah, 
this is where they kind of unfortunately let it slip a little bit too far. Probably was trying to come back to it, but just didn't. Um, they didn't put the foot on the gas long enough to say, let's work on that a little bit more. Exactly. So, so I, I get you. And, I, and now, now, just because we're talking about it, we're saying that doesn't mean we don't like it. I no, no, no. I love the character. So here, here's my two cents of it, and we'll get into a little bit more. So, as I said, for me, Machine Man, this is how it should have gone, or, or could go, or come back, or go to. One, I like his classic look. Give mm-hmm. me give me the purple look, look, look. I know right now they put him in a trench coat. And if you read Earth X, or Universe X, it's the Marvel Universe there in the future, mm. right? I'm sorry. If you read that in the future, you realize that you have the Beyonder, and then you have he's there with a robot. It's all see-through. And the robot's observing everything and recording what's happening. His whole story arc is he starts as a machine, monolith, goes through everything. And in that, un- and in that universe or that future, he's so far in the future that he becomes the new watcher. Aaron Stark becomes the new Watcher, and the Watcher pretty much kind of retires or moves on. So he's been around. He's because he's seen everything. He's been hunted. He's been created. He's been hunted. He's he's teamed up with. He's fought against. He's he's uh, explored. He's gone into outer space with the Celestials. He had he got he gained cosmic awareness. The, mm-hmm. co- the Celestials turned around after you know he was with them for a year and said, "No, we're rejecting you. You're not going to join the Celestials. You're going back to Earth." They never say why, but then when you think about it, maybe he wasn't ready, or they sensed a different purpose from him. So mm-hmm. he's got the Celestials, he's got the Monolith, and he's got the Watcher. You've got some big cosmic beings in there. So hold on, let's back it up for half a check, uh, half a sec, and let's start on the basics. If you're a machine that's being hunted down by the army, and you're a special project, I wanted to see, okay, it's fine, the army's chasing him, they want to get their money back, but they should have had a liaison from S.H.I.E.L.D., Right? That that's my thing. So Shield should have been intertwined there somewhere. The big thing for me is, and I know he's run across him, is Sebastian Shaw. So Sebastian mm-hmm. Shaw, uh, uh, manu- manu- uh, munitions. You know, um, he has a munitions company, and he's always making new products. He helped fund the Sentinels that hunt down the X Men. Mm-hmm. He's always looking for the next piece of technology. Shaw Industries. Um, yep. you know. Machine Man and Sebastian Shaw fought. But as I said, Hellfire Club, he should be fighting the Hellfire Club because Sebastian Shaw should have a, a, a vested interest in trying mm-hmm. to capture him, yeah. dissect him. Now, I know other people are trying to dissect him, but this is where you could bring in, instead of making new villain, use the existing ones that would have an MO that yeah. would fit it. Yeah. Right? You First, you would see Sebastian 100%. Shaw. It's like, oh, no, he's an X-Men person. No, no, no. He's a businessman. And it's and it's you know we really see that more with Chris Claremont when he was writing him and John Bryan when he was drawing him to see the more the business aspect of Sebastian Shaw. So Sebastian Shaw, Roxanne, you know these are companies that should be chasing down. Even though the army is chasing, saying, "Oh, we're good. This is our property." They should be going, "Yeah, you get to him first. And should be chasing him down and bringing that in. You don't need to bring in Aim Hydra and all that. I think this is really more of a spotlight to bring in mm. some of the um, uh, as I call it the business side of. Marvel, not the basic army side chasing him down. Because every big company will have their own, like Sebastian Shaw will have his own troops. Mm-hmm. His own kind of private army security force. I mean, they already have him in the Hellfire Club. If they can hunt down the X-Men, they can hunt down Aaron right? They can, they can hunt down Machine Man, no problem. So mm-hmm. these are where people should come in. I know there's another person there named Sunset Bane, and she turns around and she's chasing him down because she has a 
you know, she seems like she's a friend. She's trying to help him out. But really, you know, she's a, she's like a Lex Luthor. She's a bad guy. And that's another person that shows up in that miniseries when Barry Windsor Smith is Sunset Bane. She's older. She's still chasing down Machine Man after all these years. So it was good to have that as a common tie. And I think she should have been more of the forefront of the villain. Like Superman has Lex Luthor. Sunset Bane should have been for Machine Man. But Mm -hmm. bring in some of these other ones and, and show the aspect of it. So that's my thing there you know you can get into a lot more of the artificial intelligence within there it should have been more crossovers with him and vision just like we said about magic and uh uh, scarlet witch yeah scarlet witch yeah right these are they're both heroes similar and they're both adventures at the same time sometimes there's things you need a machine to do be it if it's a calculation be it's a precision that a man can't do this is why men make machines because machines don't get tired standing holding a position for x amount of time Right. Where people, your hands shake, fatigue sets in. These are missions they could have used him on. Ultron should have been the big bad that he should have been reoccurred all the time. Right. No, completely, completely, completely. It's it is it is a, a was a, you know a slight a slight miss opportunity that if you really think it from this standpoint, it's not. He is not just. Uh, in the eyes of, of, of the army, mm-hmm. someone who went AWOL, someone, you know, you know what I mean? Someone like, you know, that they themselves would only have attention. They have attention to it. That's, you know, but it's, it's kind of hard to, to think that they would believe that they would be the only ones who would have interest in him. Yes. Other individuals, other type of industries should at least have heard about this particular man. And if not in the beginning, the scenario, like I said, someone should have taken note of, again, you know, if I, if you switch it over to the incredible, back to the incredible Hulk, if we go to the TV show in the huh? sense, as an example, that whatever Dr. Banner did good and whatever the case to be turned to Hulk did good and disappear for that particular show, they did not have the army, the general per se chasing him. They had the news reporter. But the sum of it was that wherever he went, there was a story. Oh, there was a story about this green Goliath, this green monster, that this big hulking person out of the shadows who did this and this and that. So Machine Man is here helping out people and so, so forth along that line. Some stories had to have been brought up. Some stories must have gotten to the local authorities where they might have made a report like unsolved case, man with purple outfit who did some miraculous people thought he was man or machine unknown question mark. Maybe not the beginning of the storyline of the, of the, mm-hmm. of the series, but we gotta, we gotta agree at some point he had to have been triggering off some, some kind of warning to someone. Like I said earlier, the thing of them like saying, yo, Oh, that what's happening on the West. Dad, a purple outfit. That and then someone would have been taken notice that uh machine man, was there so it's i know they may not have wanted they may not have thought along that line at that time in in in, in the 70s and 80s maybe not to come across it mm-hmm. but if you're gonna if we're going to bring him into like what we want to do like you know this you know part of our show we we at the end we like the cast and majority of the time we bring our characters that we're not bringing like, we don't say that we don't bring characters that we won't want to cast and but we want to, yeah. when we talk about someone that we like, so if we're bringing about this, we want to bring him. 
So that means at this day and age, his storyline will be best to say later on, someone has to have seen a man. At a certain point, everybody, you know, watch action through their phones first. Yeah. Someone has to take a note of this guy. In this day and age, absolutely. People look, they don't look live. They, they look through their phone, through the lens, instead of looking phones. live at the, at whatever's going on. So yeah. you're right. And, and and let's let's bring it to that. So we're, we're going to go and yeah. do our adaptation of this right now. So mm-hmm. Rod, if you had to adapt this to any kind of medium, what would you do and, you know, who would you select to cover Machine Man and whatever adaptation you have going forward? So, it's, let's, let's, let's get right to it. Yeah. So, so I would, I would actually like this to be a live presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not want no movie or anything in that regard. I want a series. I, I basically, if you can kind of hear from what I was saying before and I kept referencing, Barry and I were both referencing, but I was definitely referencing back to the Incredible Hulk TV show. Yeah. Okay. So I want to have, not say the trope of that idea, but mm-hmm. let that be the basis. And, and just carry on from there. I want to have a live action uh, individual that, you know, now we're so accustomed to seeing androids, robots, human who are humanoid, that you got to look at them double time by saying, well, I got to come and poke your face. Do like a data, but data mm-hmm. like most, most time any person who comes on an enterprise and they hear about this, you know, commander data, and they're looking into like staring like, are you real? My God, the skin really looks really prime perfect. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. So I want a live adaptation. I would like a series, and, and we can go from there. Uh, I wanted to have, where is this individual? I wanted to have Scott Eastwood. Scott, Scott Eastwood. Eastwood. Scott Eastwood's son? Huh? Is that Clint Eastwood's son? Um. He he might have known that guy growing up. I'm just gonna say he might have known him. <laughs> I just I don't know. Someone might have told him to take the trash out at night. Um, someone might have told him to make his bed. I don't know, but you know, do you feel lucky, punk? Could have been a phrase around the house. Oh my Scott God. might have heard that maybe once or seventeen thousand times. So Dad, yes, take the car. Do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> Uh, mom, he's doing it again. That's that's exactly would be the, the rendition. So yes, um, yes. Okay. Scott Eastwood. Okay. Oh. Uh, listen, I'm looking. I'm looking for someone who has the the the, the structure, the the body face of someone who's like who could be athletic, who could be serious. Because you know his face is going to be more of. I'm gonna his selling point, right? Sell his selling point. I need someone who's got that stern face. It's like you can't, you can't, you gotta look at them like thinking, do I see emotions out of you or not? Because we we wanna we wanna pull it back that he's again. It, it's it's hilarious to think of it when you don't realize it. Our generation grew up with our own version of Machine Man, which was Data. Yeah. Yep. So I have. I, it's hard for me to not think of that type of basis. So I want someone who's who is who is so robotic who is so uh analytical and just again he's an accountant he knows not he's just very boom boom he's he's a super t cross his t dot his eyes nice. everything is structure and stuff like that so he's gonna have that type of face when you see a scott when you see scott eastwood you'll see that he he can play that type of role 
Yeah, right. Yeah. He he has been in uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, he was. If you also go back to um, or after that, he went was a Pacific Rim Uprising. Yep. He was he was like basically the number one, number two, um, actor on on that. You know what I mean? So he can play that type of militant type of role. He can be the soft spoken type of person. Uh, he has other you know other. Uh, accolades underneath his belt so he can have that compassion when he's may try interact with someone and be able to say i'm trying to be like you my final goal is to be human without being saying that he doesn't realize what he's looking for but we're going to go through the journey and, and be able to see it from our own point of view through his point of view of what he interacts and who he interacts and how he basically turns himself into someone who's here to help the people. And again, back to the um, the Incredible Hulk type of show. He goes from town to town because he knows the government is after him. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, like I'm saying, you're going to do actions and good. You're not, you're trying to keep a low profile. But this day and age, someone's going to catch you. So you now got to watch yourself by prying eyes. This is a moral property. You're going to pick up someone's um, I kind of let out the bag earlier by saying it, but this is what I was going along the line that you can do good, do good, do good, do good at a certain point. What's going on in the East? No, what's going on in the West? I'm hearing stories about a guy in a purple outfit going in a trench coat, but underneath he has a purple outfit, whatever the case would be. But you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's how my mind is going. That's why I would love to have a series, uh, live adaptation. Uh, basically, that that's it. Scott Eastwood is uh, my uh, my pick for Machine Man. All right, good. I can see that. I can definitely see Scott. He, he needs to be in a role for sure. He he's he's got that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. I like. I see what you're going with there. Um, so I'm going a little bit different. I'm mm-hmm. going yes, live action yes, but I want a movie. Okay. Right. I I, I know a series because I I want to kind of I find that the series would be too similar to like. The Zeta Project, too similar to maybe the Bionic Man or, or the Hulk, right? I'm not taking away. Well, from we haven't had that in so long. This is why I'm saying that yeah, now. That's true. That's that's why I I, I would thought of a movie too, but I realize if you think about it, yeah, it's been a while. I, I can't think. I can't really think of the lone wolf type of you know going from village to village, city to city, helping out people, whatever the case to be, by any means necessary. The closest you could say is the supernatural, the brothers in the truck in the car. Yeah, yeah, going around whatever place, but that's or a resident alien. Uh, yeah, it was more. It was more. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. But he was located in one place, kind of mm-hmm. scenario. But that's that's. But he's not trapped again. He was no. That, I get that, you. That, okay, that, but that I, was I, my I show. But that's yeah, not yeah. what I'm saying for me. Sorry, not to cut you up. But that, that was how my head was thinking. I thought a movie, but it's the it's a trajectory of like we haven't had anything for like that for a long time my sorry hope i didn't skew, screw your your, screw no, man. your your thoughts go on no no this is what the show's all about man i mean people are always hearing me talk it's nice to hear you talk so here we go yeah there you go <laughs> um that's how i feel uh you know so here here's what it is so for myself i'm still going with a big budget movie mm. um yeah going for a big budget movie i want it done as a chase theme i want it done as a a whole chase well, you know, it's got to be. I, I, I say, literally, it's got to be a chase movie. That that's mm. exactly what it is. It's not going to be the stand superhero fight. I'm standing here. I'm running and I'm doing things while I'm running and trying to dodge certain people and help certain people at the same time. So I want to take you know the um 
how can I put it? I want to take the, you know, his origin from a little bit from 2001 Space Odyssey from Marvel mm-hmm. Comics, that whole thing of the black monolith there. But I want to really incorporate, you know, him being built, his dad, a couple of them going astray, him being trained and, and doing a certain thing, and then boom, and keep that very short, you know, and then he right. leaves his so-called dad dies by sacrificing himself, right? Almost like Man of Steel kind of, no, stand the bridge, I'm here. And then let him go off. And then let the army start chasing him down. Okay, that's yeah. that's granted. That's going to be normal. But like I was saying before, let someone else come in and have a hand in that. Bring in Sebastian Shaw. You know, bring in Shaw Industries and yeah. say, all right, well, you know what? Even though this is an army project, we have our technology in this too. Not everything has got to be through Stark International. There's Obadine uh, International. So let Shaw show up. You know, I mean, let's let's if we're bringing the X Men into the Marvel Universe and they're still going to do it, you know, I know we already had Sebastian Shaw. Be it if it's going to be Kevin that's going to reprise that role or they give it mm-hmm. to a different actor, mm-hmm. bring in Sebastian Shaw, but don't bring him in as in you know your classic villain. Bring him in as in okay. I'm I'm working on this project. I have I put in some of this technology. Now it's on the run. I want it back. So let him be the background villain. Nice, right? To help it, tie it in, right? Or be bring in pulling uh, the shots, pulling the shots in the back end. Yeah, exactly. With his own, you know. So he's not just you know, Machine Man is not just running from the army. He's mm. running from another, the true villain. The army is just doing their job, but he's still got to deal with the true villain in this one, which would be Sebastian Shaw. I like that. Right? And then you got Sunset, uh, Sunset Bane, who's going to be there. Let her just be in the background that she knows she could be working at Shaw Industries before she kind of mm-hmm. goes and does her own thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, so one person watching another person watching another person, kind of setting up other sequels. But the main purpose would be the army is always going to be chasing him, no matter yeah. what. He's still going to be helping people, no matter what. Mm-hmm. He knows he's got to fight Sebastian because Sebastian has got ulterior motives while running at the same time. And even though he's doing good, when the army gets there, it's one of those normal tropes of he's doing something wrong. No, I just saved the city because these guys are trying to work, make this energy source. I just shut it. Ah, oh, I got to go. Right. Right. And and they know, like the villains know they're doing wrong, but a good villain can always fool the hero. Make the hero, the good villain can make the hero look bad mm-hmm. and make the general public still side with them. This is why Lex mm-hmm. Luthor still works out so well because a majority of the people look at Lex as like, no, he's done wonders for our city. What's the problem? What do you, what do you mean, Superman? He's a bad guy. He made a hospital. He made this park. He opened all these centers. Yep. He's doing wonders for Metropolis, Superman. What's your issue? Superman knows his true intentions and the mm-hmm. blackness in his heart. And when they go up, but that's why Superman can't, you can't punch out someone's intentions, yep. right? You can't punch out someone's perception of uh, other people's perception of you. How many times you see a situation mm-hmm. someone does something like, oh, Let's let it slide because they're so-and-so and they've done all this good. This is what Lex is good at. So we need someone that's charismatic like that and it doesn't have to be always the, the, you know, the new villain. Let it be Sebastian Shaw mm-hmm. that's going through trying to get back some of his technology. He knows he's doing something nefarious. The army will whittle him down. The arm, He's seen the army as a chess piece. Let them tire him out and then I'll send in my troops to do the big thing at the end. Yep. And that's yeah. where I would see that movie going. And, you know, you could put in so many Easter eggs that would set up future product, projects, right? So yeah. maybe you can have Sunset Bane, and maybe she's working on her own project similar to Machine Man, because every company always has 
they're trying to do is the same thing as someone else, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got Bell, you got Rogers. They both deal with cell phones. Mm-hmm. You got Apple, you got Samsung. They both deal with cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. When we got record companies, one person says, oh, yeah, I found the new next big singer. What's her name? Um, oh, this is, uh, um, what is it, you know, Debbie Gibson. Oh, no, we found the new big thing. What's her name? Tiffany. Oh, we got the new big thing. Britney Spears. No, we got the new biggest singer. Um, right. Christina Aguilera. Right. So why is it always got to be one? So it could be Sebastian Shaw at this movie could be the mm-hmm. forefront. So it shows everything that's going on. Machine Man is made. His father dies. Army's chasing him. Sebastian Shaw wants to get him to dissect that information out of him because the long term would be let me dis- find him, capture him, see what makes him tick, right. and then see if I can help put it in these other robots to hunt down my enemies, <coughs> X Men. But they won't bother me bringing the Sentinels. Okay, okay. Yeah. We know the Sentinel project goes wrong, but initially they were there to hunt down. Like Sebastian was there funding the Sentinel yep. project mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he think, oh well, I, I, I'm a mutant, but don't worry about me. I'll make sure I have a fail safe, and anyone that works with me will have a fail safe. The Sentinels will never come after us. The right. Sentinels make their own programming, but that would be a nice shift to kind of bring it together. Okay. Go through this movie, get to the end, and then, you know, deals what he has to deal with. And at the end of the movie, you know, Marvel likes to do their after credits. One after credit would be the monolith coming down. The monolith coming down is fine because that signifies, that ties in Machine Man with the Celestials. We've already seen the Celestials at step one. And then it was an Easter egg number two, or, uh, you know, after clip number two is you see Sunset Bane. And she turns around and she gets frustrated because Machine Man got away and she's laughing at Sebastian going, oh, you you don't know. It, it takes a woman to understand these things. And she goes back to her office into one of her secret labs and stores open and there's Jessica. There's her body, but it's not activated yet. Right. Sets up for movie number two. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Right? Like I could see three movies easy of Machine Man going across. And okay. the whole thing is when I say he goes, it doesn't have to be in a city. He's got to go around the world. So he, he'll deal with Jessica. He'll do this. But maybe he'll find the ruins of the true city of the Eternals, not how it kind of turned out. He doesn't have to meet the Eternals. He just has to be in their location. And fans would understand that. Mm-hmm. Even if you have pictures of the Eternals, be like, oh, okay, he's in the MCU. He's he's in their city. Oh, okay. It can be some reference to the Unimind. All right, move on. But keep the black monolith always there. Right as a teaser and then by the third movie you know let him explore the black monolith because he starts off on earth running at one point he stops one person then he deals with sunset bane you know let him deal with the whole monolith thing and he walks through and they can do it differently let him walk through the black monolith right and then you can end it off with a cliffhanger where all right he walked through the black monolith where'd he go what happened doesn't mean he went and joined the celestials maybe he did but next thing you know, you see the next scene, the monolith shines again. He comes through, and he's in the future, which would take place maybe part of Barry Windsor Smith's storyline with him mm. there. Without them finding him in pieces, he just comes back, and it's years later yeah. after the whole the Avengers are gone and all right. that. He's I've been far- here all this time. I've been here all this time. Yeah, it's like, where were you? It's like, hey, man, he can meet Gears. You know, He's got a good supporting cast. So Gears can be there, and that back monolith can show up and dop him in a, a junkyard, and he can wake, and maybe he'd be deactivated. He can just come down there, like pull a R two D two in the last, you know, Star Wars movies. What's Woo! he doing? Sleeping. He's been sleeping for years. 
someone finds and wakes them up. It's like, they're coming. Who's coming? The Celestials, you know? It, it, right. it, 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 there's so many ties in, but I like the aspect of me. The army's be a constant. They're going to be chasing him, chasing him. You think they're, he, that's who he's really fighting? No, he's fighting, you know, Sebastian Shaw, Sunset Bane, Jessica. Uh, he goes and re- rescues her. He act, he, his code helps activate her, saves her. The two of them go after, and then there's another rendition of Ultron. All right, let them go and fight Ultron. And then, you know, she takes off with Ultron for some reason because he programs her. Maybe he thinks he stopped it. You know, there's so many possibilities, but I want this to be a chase movie in multiple locations that he's always run with different people just showing up, trying to capture him or trying to impede him or impede the others or make him look bad until he can fully clear his name. Which he never will really fully do because he ends up in the future. And then one future is that way. Right. You know? And and what would be nice is if you want to do it, you do three movies, but you always have a narrator. And you know the narrator is his voice. You want to go deeper than that? At the very last movie, at the very last scene, show him on the moon, standing beside a watcher in his see-through body. And he can just say, so now you understand how my life went with everything that went up to now, right? And the watcher just looks at him and goes, nods and says, doesn't say anything. Just watcher just nod and go, you had a full life, Aaron Stark. But now I have something else for you. Right? And <gasps> Right. Very good. That's Start from Earth, end up cosmic. So I, that, and that's just me thinking out loud, but that's where I would yeah, go. Yeah. That's, so, that, that's good. Right. So I know I went through all that. That's that's where I'm going with a movie. Now, the person to play this for me, mm-hmm. the person to play Machine Man is uh I get these people and the names kill me. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, and I apologize to the actor. I'm going to screw up your name. I know it. We know it. Listeners know it. So his first name is Mathis Schwar Schwargoffer. Schwargoffer. Okay. <laughs> he's he's a German. <laughs> okay. If you watch the movie Army of Thieves, he's the safe cracker. That's that's all I gotta say. If you watch the movie Army of Thieves, um, Matthias, 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 thank you. Yeah, Matthias, um, Matthias Schwefer, Schwefer, Schwefer. Yes, Matthias. Sorry, my my apologies. So Matthias, so Matthias, so Matthias. Yes, so he plays the safe cracker in Army of Thieves that um, came out. Uh, in 2001, you, you, you know, okay. So in the, in that movie, he plays a uh, Lud, uh, Ludwig Dieter. That's his character, but he's the safe cracker. He's very as soon as the movie Army of Thieves starts, not Army uh, of, of, of Army of the Dead, Army of Thieves, which is a prequel. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He's the one working in the bank. He gets recruited. He goes to this contest to show his safe cracking skills. That's exactly who I'm going with. I think okay. he was, he could be, he's got the look, um, uh, you know, and what I mean by the look of uh, a uh, machine man, he, when I see him in Army of Thieves, he's very, he's playing a bank teller. He's very analytical. He's a safe cracker, so he can focus, but at the same time, you can see that he's always processing 
a lot of what's happening around his environment at the same time. So showing that he processes stuff and he conveys that he's thinking and he sh- and he shows he's thinking and the same and then he can focus really quick. He's got some you know wit, good uh, com- comedic timing. Okay. And and then that movie is an action movie too. So I think he can really portray that and bring a nice, um, well-rounded character to Machine Man. So that's who I'm going with as Machine Man. Okay. Okay. That sounds uh, that sounds good. I like him. I, I I like I like I like the the story that you're 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 painting. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I probably would have. I didn't go like deep, but I was more on the. The, the chase aspect would always right. be there, but yes. I like yours is more, you're more focused on the chase where I'm focusing on the human aspect, knowing that he's getting chased no matter what. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I, I like, but I like what you're saying though. I like it. Okay. Yeah, but your human aspect shows that he's really trying to fit in. So there, there's, there's points to be taken from both sides, right? From I mean, I, really, like, I know where you're going from. I was just, I've been huge machine man for a long time. And this is one mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about. So there we go so once again i'm not sure how long this episode went i'm not sure if we went longer than normal if we did thank you for holding on rod any last words uh you know what listen support your people wearing purple just remember that oh no i do have people wearing purple support your people wearing purple that's Uh, rod's favorite color that's my favorite color uh but no really and truly uh this character is is special i I hope i hope you everyone you know took took what we said and, and and i can see the building blocks of what we're saying and how it can be integrated into these particular worlds. If it's DC we're talking about or Marvel, we're talking about Marvel right now, but you can clearly see that this can work out. This character does has, he does have layers. He does have the ability to make something that everybody can, can enjoy and will be able to gravitate to uh, the human side, the chase, the aspect, the eluding, being outsmarting, the individuals again. He's 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 a human processor. He's thinking always. So he, he has to be five. Yeah, he, he has to play basically human chess with people. Exactly. He's five to ten to seventeen steps ahead. People don't realize they're playing. They're playing with a master chef, uh, chess player right now. That's the image that we're both trying to portray. Exactly. And I hope you're able to catch that from from us. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, you know, I love this character. I think this character can go really far. Um, I clearly hear how my thoughts are about it. Uh, and, you know, let us know what you think. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, don't make the show be a secret. Share with your friends. Let them know what we're talking about all the time. If you have someone you want us to talk about or mention or question, let us know on our social media, right? We're pretty active on all our social media pages. Uh, and you, you will get a response from us. That, that's for sure. I can promise you that. We've got so much more coming on. With Machine Man, I think it can definitely go on. And the reading points, as I said, 2001 Space Odyssey, issue number eight by Marvel Comics. Follow that up by the original storyline by Jack Kirby. And then Steve Ditko comes in at that point. It's only 19 issues. That is a good series that really kind of puts a lot of aspect to it. And then definitely read the Barry Windsor Smith Machine Man four-issue miniseries that came out. That there does plug in a lot of holes and a lot of nice callbacks to the original series. That's why you got to reach it, uh, read it. And end that off with, um, you know, the Earth X run. You don't have to read the whole Earth X run, but I, I know it's Earth X, Universe X. I don't forget yep. what in what order, but you can read the last bit. There's parts that just deal with him when you see Machine Man because there he's transparent and he just has the X-51 written on his forehead. So he, he doesn't even go by his name. He doesn't go by Machine Man, doesn't go by Aaron, but you know as X-51 that he is who he is. 
and he is, you know, ends up being the new watcher. And there's no spoiler there. There's so much more meat in between that we want you to read it and check out the books so you know where to go and get your books or order them online. There you go. Sweet. There you go. On that note, mm. thank you once again for tuning to another episode of the Iconist Podcast. And as I always say, this whole world was started with a piece of paper, a pencil, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Yeah, now I got to go and check out my taxes and see if I can get a good accountant because uh, I think I can still get some more money back. Uh, yeah, they are right, so I'll squeeze him before they come back. Gotta run! Gotta run!